solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John, I know I say this every single week, but I just feel like this is the worst loss of the season, man. They could have had a win streak. What the hell? Oh, my gosh. Well, Texan fans, I see. I know you see the frustration with Cody. I got the same frustration. I'm sure you guys have it as well. But welcome to another episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. A part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for listening and making the Locked On Texans your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. The Houston Texans lost 21-14 to the New York Jets. And you guys are here to talk Texans. We're here to talk Texans. Cody, get the folks a rundown, those good people. Let's get into it. Now, to be honest with you, John, I don't even know if we're going to have listeners or viewers. I think it's going to be just as empty as inside NRG Stadium. That that's oh my gosh. But on this losing Monday installment of Locked On Texans, of course, John and I are going to break down and discuss the Houston Texans 21 to 14 loss to the New York Jets. We're going to talk about the defense, but we're going to close out this Monday installment of Locked On Texans by talking about the biggest news surrounding this organization. And no, it doesn't have to do anything with Deshaun Watson. It actually has something to do with Justin Reed. But before we jump into all of that and talk about how bad this offense is, John, give the listeners and the viewers some some important numbers from yesterday's loss. Absolutely. Tyrod Taylor goes 17 of 26 on the field for two touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked five times as a team. The Houston Texans rushed for 96 total yards on 24 carries, rushing for four yards per carry, which is – you know, I, I think that's somewhat of an improvement. Uh, the bulk of that was a 15-yard average between Tyrod Taylor, his two carries for 30 yards. The Houston Texans, Brandon Cooks, three catches for 45 yards and one touchdown, but only five targets. And I have an issue with that. The other touchdown came from rookie tight end Brevin Jordan, three catches for 23 yards and one touchdown, as I mentioned. As a defense, the Houston Texans were able to get out to Zach Wilson four times on Sunday which I think is a very bright spot, that defensive front. Actually, I think that, that front seven continues to play a little bit better and better with continuity in the last few weeks, and they also recorded one interception. Some team stats for the Houston Texans, 13 total first downs, seven coming by passing, four coming down rushing, and only two, well, oh, not only, but two touchdowns, I'm sorry, two first downs coming by penalty. The Houston Texans averaged 3.7 yards per play. That is abysmal. That is terrible. And it's even worse when you look at the New York Jets, who got uh, 4.3 yards per play. Are you not better than the New York Jets? Oh, well, my gosh. Obviously not. Uh, the time of possession, 26 compared to the New York Jets, it's 33.42. So basically, 26 minutes compared to 34. I think on yesterday, there's a couple of things that I mentioned, and I'll pass it over to you. The uh, fourth fourth down play, in order to keep the game going, you need to you need to get, pick up this first uh, down so you can have a possibility to tie up the game. 
I thought Tyrod Taylor forced a pass when Brevin Jordan was wide open on that first on that fourth down. Excuse me. And why in the hell would you decide to run the ball on that third down? Now I get it. I understand the thinking behind that is you know we're already going to go forward on fourth down, so let's try to see if this run can help us out. But what has the run really helped you out the entire year? It has not. And you are better when the ball is in the air, not on the ground. So I I disagree with that call. I thought that play call was, quite frankly, disgusting to watch. Considering your offensive line is getting beat up, they are not able to create a push. Listen, if you take away the 30 yards from Tyrod Taylor that he got on his two rushing carries because he was able to break out and roll and pick up some extra yards with his feet, the Houston Texans' David Johnson, who who got injured, never came out that injury tent, uh, 10 carries, 39 yards, and Rex Burkhead, 12 carries for 27 yards. So that's uh, 22 carries for a combined of uh, 66 yards, 3.3 yards yards on the ground. The run game has been non-existent for you so far, but the combination of those two plays were not mind-boggling because I'm not shocked they even lost the game, honestly. But another reason why, we point the finger at Tim Kelly and say, hey, you look lost. You look out of place. You look like a guy that lied on his resume. And the only reason why you got this job is because your buddy knew the guy that was hiring. And your buddy is doing a terrible job in Alabama, might I add. But, you know, again, and you could take the floor, Cody, but this has been a terrible offense to watch. At times, I want to gouge my eyes out. You know, John, I know you, listeners, viewers, and a lot of people that are associated with the Houston Texans as of right now, rather it's, as, a, as a reporter, whether they are fans or whatever the case might be, a lot of people are calling for Tim Kelly's job right now. And I understand it, but I do want to scale back to a certain to a certain degree and say, a lot of the struggles, the majority of the struggles that we saw the Houston Texans offense go through isn't Tim Kelly's fault. It wasn't Tyrod Taylor's fault. And, John, I understand that you had an issue by the lack of targets that Brandon Cooks had, the lack of targets that a guy like Nico Collins and Bourbon Jordan had. But let's keep this in mind. The offensive line put on arguably, if not their worst performance of the season. I understand that the most sacks that they gave up this year um, came in their loss against the Los Angeles Rams, but that's a little bit understandable because you got Aaron Donalds, who is one of, if not the best (laughs) defensive linemen uh, over the last decade on the opposite side of that line of scrimmage. And the New York Jets has nobody that's come close to the talents of Aaron Donalds. However, with all that being said, John, let's rewind. Let's take a trip back to, let's say, about two, three weeks ago. Remember in their loss against the Indianapolis Colts, you and I talked about how bad the secondary looked. And part of the reason why I felt that secondary looked bad is because there was always switching people around. And that's part of the reason why we saw Lonnie Johnson go from his best version of himself to the worst version of himself. And I say this because of the inconsistencies that they are showing. Then later on in the week, I had an opportunity, ironically, to chop it up with Justin Reed. And he talked about the same thing, that it's hard for the secondary to find camaraderie with amongst one another when the the coaching staff is always switching things up that same issue that we saw in the secondary is the same thing that we saw 
with this offensive line because look ever since Laramie Tunsil and Justin Britt went down and Marcus Cannon to a certain extent the offensive line has looked subpar at best and those at best is the game that we saw last week against the Tennessee Titans however with all that being said they switched up their offensive line by putting Titus Howard at left tackle which was the first time in his career that he played that position and Lane Taylor they inserted him at left guard and because you made that switch it threw everything off from the progression that that offensive line showcased last week against the Tennessee Titans and look once again I understand it that you are a little bit frustrated I understand that the listeners and the viewers are frustrated by the play caller that Tim Kelly um, put out there on the field but what I do want to say is this, it is hard for this team to go out there and execute the offensive game plan when your offensive line is terrible. However, I don't want to let Tim Kelly off the hook because in that first quarter, when the Houston Texans went up with 14 to three, when they had that 14 to three lead, it was already well established that the offensive line was going to have a terrible day. And what did Tyrod Taylor do? He adjusted his game plan. Instead of taking his time in the pocket, he started making quick decisions. And that resulted in not one, but two touchdowns for the Houston Texans. But what did Tim Kelly do in the second half? Something that bugged you and I last year, something that continues to bug you and I this year. And that is once the Texans get the lead, he start being way too conservative with his play calling. And that is a terrible mistake, especially when you consider how bad that backfield has been this entire season. John, before I give the floor back over to you, in the first half, the Houston Texans went 36 plays for 156 yards. <laughs> In the second half, 19 Terrible. plays for 45 yards. The offensive line was terrible, but for him to become that conservative, <laughs> once again, it leaves us shaking our heads at Tim Kelly like, what the hell are you doing? You know, there's a couple of things that I wanted to mention, and I'm not going to stay long on it, but We've talked about Lonnie Johnson and the switch between corner and safety, corner and safety. Mm-hmm. Whether we believe he's a good blocker or not, there has been a disservice for Titus Howard. Now, that could be because you're not good at left guard. Were you really that good at right tackle? Were you really that good at right Like, that could be because of development issues or just odd tests. However, you know, I think Eric Flowers is the lineman that comes to mind for his comp. Right, if I can compare, right now he reminds me of Eric Flowers. You know, you were a guy drafted to play, well, play this position. He was moved over, moved over. I think at this point, the writing on the wall is on the wall for Titus Howard. I don't know how secure he's going to be in the next two years. I think he comes back next year after that. I'm not sure how long he stays around for Houston. But for Tim Kelly, he is playing with a very limited quarterback. Three of the last four years, Tyrod Taylor has been hurt. This is his third game back after his own hamstring injury. I think there's a lot of arm limitations there. I don't think there's a lot of what we may have wanted to see out of Tyrod Taylor. But what's inexcusable to me, uh, why would you throw the game was on the line, four seconds, five seconds left, why would you throw a pass to Danny Amendola for five yards to let the game in. 
This offense has made me want to gouge my eye out at times. And what I just, I just simply, simply take my glasses off. Guys, I want to tell you about Direct TV and how you can make your TV life a whole lot better without the hassle. Direct TV brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Welcome back, Locked On Texans fans, and thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. Cody, the defense on Sunday, you know, they did give up 21 points to a struggling Jets offense, and I understand that. They were able to get after the quarterback four times, right? They were able to get a turnover, which would be number 11 in the past three games, and I think that's a positive. How can I put this? And I want I want you to answer it, of course, and I want the listeners and viewers out there to answer it as well. But has this been another case? I think this is plain the best way I can put it. Has this been another case where the offense has let the defense down? Hmm. Because in the second half alone, Houston had four total drives. Out of those four drives on the offense, three of those drives ended with two minutes or less time on on the uh, time of possession meter, right? And even in the first half, they weren't really able to establish uh, a lot of ground. The first touchdown was right in their area after the interception. Kudos to the defense for setting them up. But there's been times throughout the season, and this is just another point where they're gassed due to the offense inability to sustain drives. Or was this a letdown game from the defense, in your opinion? Mm, I'm going to say yes and no to your first question about whether or not this was the Texans' defense, you know, basically just being tired. And I say yes because, John, as you just alluded to, look, this Texans' offense, especially in that second half, they were unable to sustain drive. And it goes back to something that you and I talked about almost every single Monday. If I go back and take the recap from the from the Bills game, from the Patriots game, from any game of the season, and copy and paste, I'm going to say the same exact thing. It is hard for the defense to come out there and continue their, let's say, solid and at times great performances when they are constantly on the field. And then the second half, the Houston Texans defense stayed on the field. However, to that same point, I'm going to say no because the Texans defense could not stop the run. Yes, the New York Jets made most of their damage in the second half, but they started to find that rhythm in the first half by saying, you know what? We can't depend on our rookie quarterback and Zach Wilson, who, by the way, I understand that this was his first game back after a four-game hiatus. I understand that he is still, you know, dealing with a knee issue. But Zach Wilson might be the worst rookie quarterback of the 2021 draft class. And, yes, I'm nice. going to include – I'm nice. also including Davis Mills in that. Like, I think I was more uh, Davis impressed. Mills has been the second-best rookie quarterback, I think, so far. And I totally agree. I, I, I think it's a tie, more so a tie, um, because it seems like Trevor Lawrence is starting to find his niche. But given the fact that he's the number one <laughs> quarterback of this draft class, I want to say he was also a little bit disappointing. But 
that's neither here or there in, in, in this conversation. But Zach Wilson is not the guy. But I say all that just to say the Jets found out early that they cannot rely on their rookie quarterback. And unlike Tim Kelly, when the Jets realized that they cannot continue to rely on Zach Wilson in hopes of winning their third game of the season, they just started running the ball against the Texans, and they gave up 157 yards on the ground. And once again, yes, I get it. Most of those yardage that they was able to get came in the second half. And, John, like I just mentioned, most of those was because the Houston Texans defense stayed on the field and they got tired. But what I would go back and say, they was a, they were able to find their mojo and exploit the Texans' lack of run defense in the first half. And, and that's why I say it's kind of twofold because at one hand, it's like, okay, the Texans' defense, uh, they played pretty good, especially how the way they was able to contain Zach Wilson. But to that same argument, I think that was more so Zach Wilson showcasing to us that he can arguably be the worst quarterback <laughs> in the 2021 draft class. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think he is so far. I think he's a kid that he's a young kid. He's going to a franchise that has been in dysfunction since their second AFC conference game. I hope, I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I hope I hope the Texans are not trending towards the trajectory of a New York Jets or our Detroit Lions, man. Well, you know, I, I think that is a conversation for another time, but all things are possible. Uh, but for the defense, I, I I did think that they were going to throw more looks at Zach Wilson. He's a quarterback that has had what, a four-interception game, a couple of three-interception games, I believe. So he's a quarterback in his first year that's been prone to give it over. Now, Houston did snag one. Kudos to them. But I thought Lovey Smith was going to really be more aggressive with some of the play calling at times. I'm not saying that he wasn't excuse me, all the way, but I thought that he was going to be way more aggressive and disguise different looks for Zach Wilson in order for him to kind of help his defense not work that much. Like, when you have a quarterback like Zach Wilson and he's just giving you, like, give me, here's his interception, here's the interception. You get a pick, you get a pick. We've seen that before this year, and I thought that with the help of the front seven, that have more of those opportunities. But, you know, you have the interception that allows you to get into uh, in the red zone where Houston went one or two on the, on the on the day. I thought they played fairly well. I, I do hate that they didn't be more aggressive with some of the play calling, but overall, when you get at the quarterback four times and you make him actually work on the day, how much can you blame them? And that is a question where – you know, until week 18, we may ask ourselves that several more times. How much more can you blame this uh, Texan defense? It's here, the best Monday of the year, Cyber Monday, and BillBar.com is the place to aim your mouth. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide. Even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand-new Bill Bar flavor has just landed in time for Cyber Monday, a caramelized Carm, sorry, Caramel Almond Delight. It delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Is it delightful? Double check. And be sure to get yours before they're gone. This new flavor comes with 150 calories, only 17 grams of protein. 
Okay, go to billboard.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Head to billboard.com, enter promo code LOCKED15, excuse me, LOCKED20 before it's too late. Tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the Built Bar gift. It's the holiday season and we all know what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than gift wrapping and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of sports action this holiday season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where holiday deals happen. Thanks for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis. An insight from Lee Sterling is free and available on all platforms. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we close out this losing Monday installment of Locked On Texans, leave it up to the Texans for us to take our minds off the game and focus on more off-field drama. Because prior to the game, it was announced that the Texans had suspended Justin Reed for one game based off of a disagreement between Reed and head coach David Cully that took place during a team meeting. John, this is actually the third time this season the Houston Texans suspended a player. Of course, the first time was Zach Cunningham, but that was more so Cunningham continuously being late to practices and continuously being late for team meeting. As we know, I think it was two weeks ago, Desmond King was suspended. I got word that the reason why he was suspended because he did not show up to the team Saturday meeting, of course, the day before the game. But whether you disagree or agree with those with the prior two suspensions, I think this one might be the dumbest because Justin Reed, and as of right now, I don't know what was said. I don't know what well, went on. It, it, it came out that he challenged head coach David Cully's coaching during the team meeting. Mm-hmm. And so the specifics of it, we're not 100% sure on or what was exactly said. And I'm not sure if that will ever come out. And Justin Reed is a good sport. He said he'll be on the sideline, cheering his teammates on. Uh, but that is the basis of it right now. He challenged his new first-year head coach. And, you know, I guess this was an opportunity for David Cully to make an example out of, I would say, maybe the team leader – for maybe for overall, like you know, would would Justin Reed be considered the guy of maybe few guys on his roster that you can count on? And he made an example out of him. I still don't like it because I know so good and well that when you go back and you take a look at players and coaches, and if he's challenging his coaching, I'm pretty sure it has something to do. Like I said, I don't know right now. This is just me speculating. I'm going to find out though. By the way, but. This is, I'm pretty sure it has something to do about what was going on on the field. And John, if the, and I hate to use this example, but I'm pretty sure, and I'm only using this because this is an organization that is dying to be the New England Patriots. But you know, there were times where Tom Brady challenged 
Bill Belichick. And, and, and did that ever lead to his suspension? And plus, by the way, no, Justin Reed is nowhere on the level of, 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 of Tom Brady. But you got to keep in mind that he is by far one of the best players on this team. He's a team leader. And I just think that was dumb for this organization to suspend Justin Reed. I just didn't like it. And to me, John, this is just another example of all the former Texans who came in under the last regime. They're going to be gone because after this, I don't I don't see a situation that where Justin Reed comes back. He, and from, according to a source, he was already kind of like shaky whether or not he's going to come back and resign with this organization in the offseason to begin with, because he is a free agent starting in March. After this, I wouldn't be surprised if he if, if this is the last straw for him. Plus, I got to mention, he does not like the direction that this franchise is going. Yeah, I think, man, this I'm not I'm not coming off as being an a-hole, but how good is Justin Reed? That's a question. I, I think that's a fair question. But at the and same time, he's, he's regressed from his rookie year. He's had injury history issues. And there have been moments where, you know, you kind of look at him and you may question whether or not he's a big priority for this team to bring him back. But you don't bench him. You don't bench him. And we found the reason why that screams Bill O'Brien to me. Now, Bill O'Brien was in a situation where he was the general manager and head coach, and the guys that were going off on him, oh, you're not going to bench J.J. Watt. You trade DeAndre Hopkins. But you're not going to bench J.J. Watt. I disagree with this decision. I'm, I, there's a lot of things that I want to say, but I want to, as you mentioned, Kurt, I want to find out some more about the situation. I even question whether or not this was David Cully's decision. Of course not. I, 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 I I'm pretty sure it's not. I question it. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, we found out later in the years that it wasn't. But when your team is looking for a win against a team that is as bad as the New York Jets, and you're not that far away. You're not far away at all. You're around the corner. You're across the street in bad in in a, in, a, in a subdivision of bad teams. You guys are right. You're neighbors. I think you need all of your best players out on the field. And now it begs the question: How do these players really feel about this head coach? How do they feel? How will they feel? Do they respect him? Now, I don't have any surefire answer on that as of right now, but do they even respect David Cullen? And it'd be hard to respect a guy that was brought in to do a job and is being controlled by the higher-ups. So when I look at Justin Reed, who's a very smart player, and I look at David Cullen, who has made a lot of not very smart decisions, eventually... Smart and dumb collide. It's the way of the world. 
Right? Like good and evil, smart and dumb. That's just how it goes. Losing in Texas. They they collide. They come together at some point. And I, I think this is probably what it was. One of those moments where he just couldn't hold his tongue anymore. Mentioned how he felt. And as a result of that, got bips. Now, let's look at some players who hadn't necessarily called him out. I mean, Brandon Cooks, you know, he's a guy that he's wants to he, he, he's, he's a, a culture, culture guy. guy. He's a guy that wants another contract. Excuse me, another contract. Mark Ingram before being traded, he's a guy that wants another contract. And so a lot of these players are doing whatever it takes to get brought back for the next year because another year means more money. Justin Reed, who will be a free agent, he'll have an opportunity to say, hey, man, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to where they want to win. They know how to win. But I question what these players really think about their head coach right now, even the general manager. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook and also subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page at Locked On Texans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Lord have mercy. John, it's a, I don't even know what to say anymore. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.